Stephanie Martinez Rivera, and you are listening to the Joy Found Here podcast. I am obsessed with reminding my fellow mamas, queens, badass babes, ladies, and girls that perfection is just a word, not a lifestyle. Multitasking is overrated. Comparison is a theft of happiness. And yes, you can put yourself first. Oh, and by the way, for optimum results, you should. I'm a New York girl from a small town, part-time badass, proud mama bear times three. I've seen 60 full turns of the sun. I've learned the importance of how kindness begins with you and your self-talk. Join us each week as we help you navigate both the messy and the magical season of this crazy ride called life. Real stories that remind us to reclaim your power. The sun does come out after the shitstorm. A good cry can be cleansing and... We really don't know who sits on top of the mountain of judgment. Sit back, plug in, fill up your cup. This is your time. Remember, you've always had the power. Welcome to Joy Found Here. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. Yes, when I sing, you know it's going to be fucking amazing. And it will be. I don't think that Courtney McDermott is going to disappoint at all. Uh, where do I begin? You know, it would be easy if everyone I talk to, they're like, oh, and they just do this. Mm-mm. There's a lot of commas. So hang on. All right. So Courtney, best-selling author, we are going to talk about this book amongst, uh, not the only book, But this book, I love the title. It's actually one of my mantras for 2024, which is called Give Yourself Permission, Be Confident, Be Happy, Be You. I could just stop right now, but I want to know all about it and so much more. Best-selling author, yes. TEDx speaker, mind-body expert. And again, she works in the self-development business strategy field been featured. I don't know. Have you ever heard of Success Magazine? Have you ever heard of the Huffington Post? I won't even go on and on. Extremely impressive. And we are so honored that she has joined us today. So with that, I say thank you, Courtney. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. Right out of the box, you got to tell us about you anywhere you want to start. Well, I often joke that I've lived so many lifetimes in this life. And so I've gone from pretty much anything you can kind of imagine in terms of career, but even personal life, it's just changed so dramatically in in these decades that I've been on this planet. And yeah, I would say usually for most people, the most compelling story is getting to the place in my life where I thought I had everything, at least what society tells you you're supposed to want. And I was what I called at the time, miserably successful. So it was finding my way into a completely different version of me and sort of how I did that. And the first book really starts about kind of the more practical, tangible sides of that. And the second book, it continues a bit in that way. And that came out many years later, just came out this summer. But there's also a lot of that nonlinear process of change in there as well. And so 
I have sort of been in and out of corporations where I worked for a number of years in Vanity Fair Corporation and also some other outfits that I was with. And then I was I found myself heading up industry wide initiatives and then all sorts of other brands. You know, so it was very intense. Uh, life. And there were so many aspects of it that I did enjoy, but so many of it, so much of it, I just felt like this isn't it. And I also felt like no one's saying the emperor is not wearing any clothes. I mean, we were there doing the same things and <laughs> people were just not happy. So I was just like, what's yeah. going on here? And so, yeah, my life has become this massive experiment. And I'm so happy it it has because it's it's allowed me to just change so many times and be who I am today and who I've become more and more of every day. So Ugh, what don't I love? I love it all. But what I really hear and what I really admire and what I think people really need to hear is that you achieved and yet there was more. You might have been satisfied. You might have been proud. You might have been all of that. But then that's, again, more, 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 more. And you kept answering the knock. Instead of talking yourself into, oh, no, no, but I've got this great position at Vanity Fair. I have this. I was just, I'm leading this. I'm doing all of this, the air quotes of what they say it should be. And yet when it just doesn't feel, because one of your specialties obviously is the mind-body connection. So you've always, based on just what I've heard, You've been in touch with it yourself, or is it a skill that you just honed in your search? I feel I was very disconnected, especially from my body. I was very mm-hmm. from my body, and my mind was kind of running amok. <laughs> so it was just all over the place in the sense that it was hyper focused on all these things that I had do, 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 achieve, achieve, achieve. And it was just this constant noise. I didn't. Mm peace in my psyche. So I didn't have peace in my body or my mind. What I didn't realize when I was in corporate was how divorced I was from my body because I just didn't listen to my body at all. I listened to the mind and that wasn't so great because it was just this. It was bum advice. (laughs) (laughs) I had to turn all this around. So so there was definitely those times when I wasn't I wasn't listening and I also wasn't directing. So I feel like with the mind, it's learning how to direct until you actually no longer have to do that, until it becomes your default, until those thought patterns. And we could go into thought because that's a great and very interesting great conversation and maybe in a different moment today. But for me personally, I really did have to revamp everything. And I think sometimes people look at people who are in a place where they can kind of say, oh, that seems compelling and then think that they were always there. And and for me personally, it was definitely not the case. I wasn't raised that way. I didn't learn any of this growing up. So it was really learning it and implementing it as an adult. And so that's what I really try to share in all of my work is how I did that. Was there an event, as you say, because you were, I'll say, disconnected from your body as you're going through this Was there the burnout state? Was there just something that really finally said, sweetheart, let's pay attention to this because suddenly it's not working? There were so many cold shower moments for me. I remember things like dropping my daughter off at school and just crying my eyes out before I had to get on a plane to go wherever I was going. Or I remember just feeling like my whole life was in a device 
It was crazy. And there were so many times, and I joke about it also in my first book and my TEDx talk, which is where I was like, who wrote this script? I mean, mm. I, I didn't write my own life script. And I think there, I'm not just suggesting write what it is that you want, but it was more, I am running on a program that one, I didn't even come up with myself, but two, I haven't even bothered to really stop and question Right. What is this brand of success? Does it does it actually belong to me? Is it what I want? Is it fulfilling? Is it making me happy, quote unquote? What does happiness even mean? What are my values? All of these things started to just spring up. And so it was multiple cold shower moments, but there were definitely some, as I mentioned, that that kind of stuck out a bit more. But I think in general, whenever we're feeling like we aren't enjoying the day to day, there's something off. There's something that does need to be looked at. So that again, first red flag. And then how would one start to examine? Is it sit quietly and say, is this really making me happy? Because I would think at this point, I know I've definitely also been in those places where you're like, do I even remember how to be? What even makes me happy at this point? Because you're just so used to the system. We're just rinsing and repeating and showing up, of course. But when that inner voice just keeps knocking at it, what did you do to start your awareness? Well, one of the big things was getting back in the body and learning how to do that. I remember one of the practices that I learned and this was at a time that I didn't realize how disassociated I was from my body was something called shaking. And I had learned it from actually a woman in New York uh, who founded this movement called Koya. And it was funny because when she was describing it, she told the story that she was told when she learned it, which is of a gazelle who's running through the wetlands being chased by a tiger. Hmm. Gazelle gets away. However, the gazelle does not go to therapy for the next 10 years about this time that there was this tiger chasing her through the wetlands. What the gazelle does is she shakes through every part of her body, releasing the tension, releasing the fear mm. and goes back to being a gazelle. And it's funny when I first started this shaking, which is just nothing other than shaking through every part of your body. You just turn on a fast paced song, you shake your feet, you shake your legs, you shake your hips, you shake, you know, you go up and up and then you shake your whole body. And when I first did it, I actually, there were parts of my body that were so rigid that I couldn't shake. And what I realized from that exercise was lots of times we think stuff is in our head, but many times it's actually stuck stagnant energy in our physical bodies as well that needs to be cleared. So that was a huge beginning of my liberation was to start to free my physical body of all of these kind of stored, I would say micro traumas, macro traumas in some cases. Mm -hmm. Holding on to and sort of been becoming very robotic. So that was a huge one. The other thing that I always suggest because it's so simple and yet it's the hardest thing to do, which is really just get quiet, just listen. You feel when something's off. And if you have the courage to sit with it, it will teach you so much. And in many cases, it'll transmute, you know, it'll change form, or it will just actually show you this place that you can shake out of your life, that you can begin to create new thought patterns, new behavioral patterns. Because again, I mean, even if we look at the thoughts, like we go in these brutal cycles of 
blaming ourselves or shaming ourselves for whatever it is that we're thinking or we're feeling. And instead, they're just electrical impulses, right? And so when we get that clarity of, okay, this is an electrical impulse, I'm having about 50 to 70,000 of them a day. And so if I realize that, okay, those thought impulses are actually start shaping what I'm seeing around me, they're informing that, especially if those thought impulses then get attached to this thing that I'm calling an emotion, which is really actually a sensation. So you're having a physical sensation in your body. And if you can tune into a lot of that, then you start to take this power back to redefine yourself, to re, I want to say recreate, but all of these different possibilities or potentials are already there for you. So you're not really creating, you're just tuning in. Like reframing, right. Or editing the story, the real that just plays over and over and is just so familiar. Like, oh, hello, friend. Oh, that's right. This is where, you know, my shitty part comes in and, and oh, I fit right in that role right away. See how easy that is? Mm, Yeah. And the thing is exactly when we do that, we're just reinforcing a very specific genetic pattern. One of the ways I like to talk about it is I say, imagine you have this library just full of all these books and infinite stories that you could choose from. And yet most of us are going into that library. We're picking the same book every day. And, mm. you know, my name is John or whatever. I live with Susie and my best friend's name is Pat and I'm this and I'm that and I'm the other thing. And it's your book. And so you take it out every day and it defines you on so many different levels. And then you show it to everybody else too. Like, this is my book. Make sure that you've got my book down. This is my book. And we do this also to mitigate that vast unknown, right, of just what we are in, just as the dimension we're in. So we try to try to set everything up and control everything. And in the end, we end up really kind of almost calcifying into a persona and then game's over. Like we don't even realize that that was actually just the thought. That was actually one potential I could have tuned into. And there were so many others available to me. A lot of opportunity that goes missed only because never tried. Or, you know, a lot of people can't even really think about conceive like, oh, I could never. A lot of things aren't that hard. And they're doable because other people have done it like, you know, and even if it hasn't been tried yet, and there hasn't been evidence whether it works or not, as you said earlier about life just being an experiment. Yeah, it's so much fun. Like, hey, let's just shit some giggles. You know, I, I always say, listen, try it. The worst is it's a funny story after. If it blows up and be like, oh my God, remember that time I tried to do whatever it was? But at least you get to say that. Most definitely. I think we live in a society where we've just been hyper conditioned to perform and to fear failure. Those are two places we have to give ourselves permission to play instead of perform and start to really kind of enjoy the failures because that's the way we learn, right? For me personally, it was a huge distinction getting out of performance and moving into play and it has metamorphosized my life. And I still notice those places where I might be tempted to perform, you know, for example, when I'm playing music, because I'm still don't have maybe that level of comfort. So I'm like, oh, I have to get it, quote unquote, right. What does that even mean? I'm just playing. And when you are performing, you won't feel that same level of satisfaction and joy as when you're playing, right? It's a deconditioning and a reconditioning into really what you were born as, right? Unless you become Mm -hmm. a Children, you shall not inherit the kingdom, right? And it's inheriting the kingdom from that place of 
playfulness, Lila. Yeah. It's so lost along the way and probably so early on and maybe even more so quicker with kids today. At least I'm of an age band and I'm 62. We played as kids. We didn't have any of this. So we played. We played outside. We did things. You know, we were out from morning till till it got dark. Of course, our parents never knew where the hell we were, but nor did they worry. So it was all fine. But we had that. So we had years of what playing was, school pressure, nothing compared to what it is now. And then you figured, you know, you kind of figured things out in your 20s. And I think today it just happens so quickly that maybe like the fun ends in kindergarten. I don't know. I mean, you know, you see these, these little ones and I'm like, can't they just play? When you forget it that quickly, it's hard to go back to, oh, I'm supposed to play and have fun because that's where, you know, I can really tap into it. So what happens there? And I love the permission word because it, it's just such a great directive of allow yourself. Mm-hmm. I think probably nine times out of 10, the only people telling us we can't are ourselves. Oh, yeah. So tell me about the book. Give yourself permission. Be confident. Be happy. Be you. Master the habits to transform your life, your personal development, confidence, self-improvement, business skills, and winning leadership. That sounds like an all-in-one, like, here you go. Give your, you know, if you give yourself permission. and But all of that does come... And you just picked three simple actions, confident, happy, you. Yeah, that was actually the, so the original title of the book was just that. And you can see it on the cover mm-hmm. was just things because that was my thinking. And then actually it was my team that added all that other mm-hmm. stuff around mm-hmm. uh, the book around for Amazon and all of that. But the confidence, the happiness and the you, typically we just have such erroneous ideas of what that means. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted to create something that, or at least share my own perception and my own understanding of what it means to really be confident, what it means to really be happy, and then what it means to really be you. This is something I don't know if I should share, but I'm going to share it because I just put my foot in it now. But I, it's okay. uh, I was in a locker room with a bunch of women who were very impressive. Like they've had all of these things done and they're like very impressive. And I was like, Okay, well, I have these breast red boobs, like, you know, all I was going to say they supplied, but they built little humans. They were a food supply for some. Yes. Well, here's the thing. It was like, it was beautiful because I thought they have a certain kind of confidence in their bodies and, and that's wonderful that they have that. And then I was like, and, and now I'm at this point where I have this confidence in my body that I had never had before. Mm. And it's not about feeling good about yourself. Confidence is about trusting, like trusting that it's all right. The word confidence comes from confidere, which means with full trust, with full reliance. And it's this idea that we can actually trust where we are. We can trust what we are. We can trust what created whatever this whole thing is. We can trust in that. We can lean into it. We can relax into it. Earlier in my life, I didn't have that sense of relaxation. Everything was, I had to be like this, or I had to be like that, or I had to do it this way, and I had to achieve, and all of 
all these things. And again, there's nothing wrong with any of that per se. It's just when you overly identify with that, or if you think that that is really who you are and you've sort of missed this bigger picture that you really can relax into. And so I wanted to show through this book kind of how I got to that because it was a, you know, it was a journey for me to get to that place of being able to trust and have that kind of that level of reliance. And also then this kind of happiness that might not always look like happy to everyone else. Cause I remember growing up uh, and being told all the time, smile, don't cry, all these things. I'm like, oh man, my happiest moments, I'm crying. I'm I'm like my tears just streaming mm-hmm, down my face. Mm-hmm. I'm so full of joy. And so one of the things I say is like, you know, happiness might not always look like happiness to everyone else, but if you're living it and you know it, then that is it. And it's the same with really becoming you, which more and more every single day you get this chance to step more into that vast, great phenomenon of all of these potentials available to you or not. So that whole permission thing was like permission, permission, permission. Let's give ourselves permission because I know I didn't, to your point, which is an excellent observation is that oftentimes the one not giving you permission is you. I know I had, I had a lot of overcoming and I wanted to share how I did that. So yeah, that's where it came from. Well, lucky for us that you did share because it is such a common thread of it's what we're told early on, what we believe until we start to question. And maybe it doesn't have to be like that or just really push against a little bit. But it's interesting from your journey. And another reason why I I love talking to the beautiful guests that we do because Everybody took a trip. Okay, this was my one stop. This was the only thing I did. And boom, look at me. I am this. No, everybody has commas. Everybody had the courage or gave themselves permission to let me try this, let me try that and not get stuck. I forget it. I've been a thousand things, but those were only income producing jobs at the time. And now I'm a podcaster. I was a daughter first. I was a sister, a cousin, a wife, a mother, friend. The list can go on and on. And I never want it to stop. I always want to just keep up. Wait a minute. Here's another thing. Oh, wait. And I also want to do this. Oh, and I tried that also. So that counts. That really, I think, just exploring the fun part of it, bringing your fun back in just to see. I'm so curious listening to you. How did you do that? Because I see so many people who, to your point earlier, just kind of stop before Mm. because there's too much fear around experimentation of that Mm -hmm. nature. So were you always like that? Did you? No, Uh, always safe. Growing up, my mother was, was sick a lot in the hospital a lot. And the only thing I ever, I mean, growing up, the only thing I ever wanted to do was to be a mother. And lucky I met my husband. We were young, married young. I had two kids before I was 28. But ha ha life. My mother died when I was pregnant with my first daughter and she was 52. So when I was 24, I really only thought Then I would follow her path and live to 52. I thought that way for eight years. And I did the math and said, 
there's a lot I want to do in a very short amount of time. So I did whatever the fuck I wanted because there was a, a book or a movie out at the time. Is It was called I'm Dancing as Fast as I Can. That's how I went through my almost early 30s. Finally read a great book that was called Motherless Daughters that kind of healed me for what I needed at the time. And then I realized, I'm like, okay, let's just take a breath here. That's her story, not mine. But it didn't change all of the things I wanted to do. I was just always very creative, still always had a nine to five, still have a nine to five, but always did plugged into whatever I felt like doing at the time. And mm -hmm. lucky I've had a very supportive husband who like sits back and watches He's like, okay, now what? What are you doing now? Okay. So that's why for me, the identity of anything never stuck. I didn't hold on to that because I knew this was just in eh, five years, I'll do something else. I'll do something else because I know I want to. I love that I asked you that because I'm sure that that gives so much to people who are wondering, but how do I do it? I've always been it this way. And the consideration of our own mortality is just mm. such a phenomenal way to realize. I remember I used to, a long time ago, I used to give workshops. And um, one of the questions I would ask was, if you only had nine more months to live, if you only had nine more days, if you only had nine more hours, what would you do? And it normally would just provoke tears and people really considering mm -hmm. what they would do. And I remember doing a similar exercise myself years and years ago when I wasn't allowing myself, when I wasn't giving myself permission to change so easily. There were certain things on that list that I was like, oh, I'm going to just start doing these right now. And I yeah. did. And even some things as simple as calling, because I, most of the year I live in Italy. So, and my family of origin is in the US. So one of the things was I wanted to call all my brothers and sisters, there are five of us. And I wanted to tell them how much I love them and what is so magical and magnificent about all of them. And the very next day I did that because I'm just thinking, well, I don't want to die with that in me. And it's the same with anything else. I've heard it said before is, you know, dying with your music inside of you and what a tragedy, right? I think so many of us do do that for this fear of just moving into what are so many potentials available to us based on the unique gifts and talents and things that we came in with. And if you don't start exploring those little by little, then it's like the parable of the talents. They get taken away or they don't ever come to fruition. And it's yeah. That a yeah. And it really, you know, everybody thinks we have unlimited time. We don't you know, expiration dates are really that. And why not? That's just really how my approach is. But I know, listen, it's it's very, very different. And why we stay safe. Okay, well, and why I'm still again, I'm still working a nine to five transitioning in 2024. But it's why oh, it serves its purpose. Oh, my door was getting mad. Okay, it's it'll, it'll work. I'll fit everything else in the nooks and crannies. And that worked for then. Yeah. But now it's again, I've already given myself the permission slip and uh, the wheels are definitely in motion for the next version for Stephanie, like 87.5. It's it just keeps. <laughs> Love it. 
So much more to come. So tell me about, you know, this is this time of year. It's the end of 2023. It's holiday time. It's mayhem in the world. Money and wealth mindset. Anyone who scrolls through Instagram, and it depends on what your algorithm is. Personally, I'm going into digital marketing. So imagine what I see every day. Granted, I'm drinking Kool-Aid. I gotcha. But it's a lot. It's not a lot for me only because I've made my decision. I already know what I'm going to do. And and I have a semi-plan made. But money and wealth, why are we playing small? Why can't we just go out and say, unembarrassed, unapologetic, I want to make money. And I want to make a lot of money. And this is what I'm worth. Your take, please. Oh, wow. So there are lots of layers to this. I think (laughs) what immediately came to me when you were asking these questions was lots of times we might even think, oh, I want to make a lot of money or I deserve a lot of money. We can think that in our minds and that's fine. But the level that we don't go to is why? What does the money represent? Because money, the word currency, right? It comes from corriente, it comes from flow. And for us women, especially, those qualities of flow and really a kind of a deeper understanding, what does this represent? They're so important to us. I was giving a talk recently in front of about a thousand female entrepreneurs and it was so beautiful. Afterwards, we had this really long Q&A. And one of the women said, you know, I want to make a million dollars. I want to make, and we, and I, we, we had this really impressive two minutes of digging a little bit to get to what that represented to her. And at the end of it, it was, it means I'm enough. It means I'm enough. It means I made it. It means I'm worthy basically. And she just broke down into tears. And I've had other women say, oh, it means I can be free because they're in relationships they don't want to be in because they're too afraid to leave them because they don't have the economic stability, whatever. And that's the thing. If you go to that place as a woman or a man, but I think specifically for us women, when we go Mm -hmm. to that place, anyone, it's really going to that place where you get to the roots of this thing. And that's where when you start feeling into that potential, and it actually has nothing to do with any anything external. It's all in you. So if you can feel, oh, wow, I can feel that enoughness in me. I can feel that mm. freedom in my being. I can feel it when I go into, into this place. I can feel it. I can feel that. Oof, now you are a match for that thing. And I think lots of women and men often put a specific amount, but they don't go to that place of what it really means. And they don't go to that all sufficiency that is in them. So again, we do this with a lot of things. We just, we almost everything, I would say, actually, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. most of us do it with everything, which is that external thing. If I get that, then this, right? Instead of realizing, well, that it's like Dorothy with the slippers, right? She had them all always had the power, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just going back to that power place and saying, I'm going to reclaim this right here, right now. And then let's see what happens. And then actually the irony is that's when it comes, but that's when you don't care anymore. Right. You're not attached to it. There's no sense of if I don't get that, then I won't have this. Right. You know, you're all of it. Again, you're connecting to that all sufficiency within you. 
And that's when, yeah, watch out. That's so funny. Yeah. When you do surrender and just be, even when you take those few moments of quiet, so much comes out of the quiet and yet it is so scary and so foreign to most people. You prefaced it like, and yet it's so hard. And it's not as though you're saying, so go on an eight day silent retreat where, you know, you no words will be spoken. Just the amount of information and great ideas most people get in the shower, driving in the car with nothing on. I mean, if I'm not listening to a podcast because I have a long commute, I usually will hit all my podcasts. But then there's just times where it's just quiet. I just need that space because when you do have space and allow space, you've opened the door. Come on in, new ideas. Come on in. Oh, that's why. Oh, okay. And then things might make sense. Was that the coincidence? Hmm. No, that was thank you, universe. Bigger and better. Got it. Right. We do. Uh, we live in a you know mecca of distraction. I remember reading a statistic over 20 years ago, if you could believe this, that the average American was exposed to 3000 advertisements a day. And that was, like I said, over 20 years ago. And now when we look at our phones and everything else, I mean, it is, it is just a Mecca of distraction. So I've dedicated an entire section of this in the book so that people can learn how to reclaim that space. And for me, you absolutely hit on one of kind of our biggest conundrums, which is that fear of silence, but knowing that that silence actually is where it all is, right? It's uh, Pascal, the famous mathematician, he said, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, all of our problems stem from our inability to sit quietly in a room alone. So you don't have to sit in a cross-legged position. To your point, you don't have to go eight hours Mm -hmm. a Mm -hmm. day. You have to hold a mudra or chant a mantra. But if you will have that courage and tenacity to really get with yourself, get with the messiness of yourself and be okay with the messiness of yourself. That's when you do get all of these, to your point, all these answers. I mean, I am right now at this point, I am just astounded by the way this force is working through me because the more I go into silence, the more those answers emerge and they will come out perfectly formulated answers. I mean, sometimes even for big interviews or whatever, I don't sit at my computer and try to knock it out like I used to. I lay down. There's a very Mm -hmm. specific reason for that because I go into different brainwave frequencies. The minute my body starts going into relaxed mode, it, it goes into different frequencies. And so I do that. And then I just dictate these answers. And Lots of times, wherever I am, if I'm giving a a talk in front of a lot of people or whatever, I just say, take over. I've created the persona. The character's great. I love her. She's, you know, people, people knock the ego all the time. I'm like, dude, I love my ego, right? It's the lowercase I, the ego. And it's when that character that you've created is in service to this force energy that everything starts to light up around you, everything. But you have to be the one to decide and to get quiet enough to let that force energy work through your character. And then you can change the characters. And that's a whole nother thing, you know, so we could talk about that more if you want. But I I really think that silence, it's that thing that no one can describe, no one can really pinpoint, no one can really explain, but it is the wellspring of everything. You know, it seems like emptiness, but it's actually all of it (laughs) or it all comes from there. It's it's a plethora. Absolutely. It's where it's that secret sauce where it all begins. So 
say more about changing the character. Because mm-hmm. again, go back to fear, uh, you know, for someone that might be, okay, listen, they say it, I don't have to do this for long. So let me try five minutes. But again, it's a muscle, it's training and do it messy because chances are a lot of people have never done it yet. Just like when you are watching your children grow, we all didn't come out walking. We learned. We didn't come out with the ability to ride a two-wheeled bike. Mm -hmm. We learned Mm -hmm. with a lot of cuts, scabs, scars, band-aids. We learned. So say a little more about when you fought, you can, you have the ability to change a character as it emerges. So it's funny. We use the word person to talk about ourselves. We say, I'm this kind of person. I'm that Mm -hmm. kind of person. Mm -hmm. And that word person, actually, the origins of that is persona. It's the, it's the masks they wore in ancient Greek theater. So we all go around with these really great masks. And it's this idea that, okay, it's this light or whatever metaphor you want to use. It's this force source energy pulsating within us that we can feel when we're in those moments of enthusiasm and theos, you know, we're in that we can feel it. And yet, it's almost like I often say it's like the genie in the bottle. So you get this, oh my God, this really cramped living space, right? Of this body mm-hmm. and this person then that you create. And so when you realize that that's just a character that you are playing and that you've reinforced to the point that you forgot that you are playing a character. I once heard, and I don't know where this came from, but I thought it was so brilliant. This guy was talking about someone playing Hamlet in the theater and plays night after night after night, year after year after year. And at one point, I think he lives in New York. And at one point he comes out of the theater and everything outside of the theater, he plays Hamlet outside of the theater because he just believes at this point that he is Hamlet. And I thought, that's it right there. You believe you're the character. And so you live in the, the confines and you will continue to live in the confines of that character until you say, what if this is just something that I've created that was also co-created with others. Again, my book in the library that that I'm showing, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. reinforcing. And then you just start, to your point, kind of experimenting these little experiments. One of the things I say, and it's to paraphrase from Warren Buffett, but it's like, don't test the depths of the of the water with both feet. Like you don't have to jump in and find out that you're 30 feet deep <laughs> or whatever. You yeah. don't have to go that route. You can just kind of dip in. And I've done this many times where I did not quit my day job. I just started dipping into these Mm -hmm. other things that I knew were really calling me. And I think it's understanding that too, what's calling you? Because there are evolutionary impulses that are yours alone. And again, to go to the parable of the talents, which is this great parable, I think that emphasizes this if, and I don't know if you want me to talk about that, but it's this idea that basically if we use those talents, they're going to multiply. If we explore Mm. those talents, we experiment with them, we're going to get more talents and if we don't, they're going to atrophy and we're going to lose them forever. That's I your love that. Definitely say more on that. It's so true. Right. It really is. And I don't remember, I read this so long ago, it comes from the Bible, but the parable of the talents is basically, it's God, or it says master gives these three men, these talents. So 10 talents, and we translate talent the way we do today, but talents at the time, funny enough to go back to the money thing was actually currency where they were coins. 
but they were called talents. And so you can see the interchangeability as well of all this is really beautiful. But God comes back or the master comes back. I can't remember. I think it was, I'm going to just say God's God comes back and, and to the man who he gave 10 talents, he gave one 10 and these amounts might be off, but 10, one, five, one, one. This is how mm-hmm. I remember. And he comes back to the one in t- with 10 and he says, how did you, you know, how'd you get on with these talents? And the guy says, oh my God, it was amazing. I, you know, I doubled them and it was incredible. I learned so much and thank you so much. And and so God doubles those again, you know, compounds what he's got there. And then he goes to the next guy with five. He says, well, I, I didn't double them, but I learned a lot and I have a couple more now, right? And and God says, fantastic. So God gives him a, a, a couple more, a few more. And then he goes to the one that he'd given one talent to. And he says, and how did you get on? And he says, well, I couldn't figure this thing out. So I just left it there. I just went upon my way. And, and so God takes that talent away, the one mm. talent. And for me, that's such a potent reminder that if I'm receiving an evolutionary impulse, which is very different from when society says you should want to do this thing, okay? And you will feel the difference because one will really light you up and one is like, oh my gosh, like for whatever reason, I don't know why I have to write this book or I have to do this thing. Mm-hmm. The other one will feel like, well, kind of- I have to. I yeah, have to. exactly. I, I get to, to versus I have to. Exactly. Exactly. And so when we get those and when we decide, okay, I'm maybe even just a little bit a day, I'm just going to, I'm going to give a little bit of time to this every day. That's how I did at the beginning, mm-hmm. a little bit here, a little bit there. And then next thing you know, I mean, people say all the time, well, how did you create such a huge body of work? And I just say one word at a time and all those different publications and everything that was one word at a time, but then it becomes it builds, right? And this is the miracle of compound interest. This is what Einstein called it, the eighth wonder of the universe. Again, to bring these two parallels of money, when we look at it with money, you know, if I say, well, I'll give you a penny today and I'm going to compound what you have every day. So day two, you've got two, day three, you've got four, eight, 16, et cetera. I'm going to do that for a month or I'm going to give you 2.5 million right now, which do you choose? And it's funny, most people would say the 2.5, but if you hit a month, uh, 29 days, you've already gone over the 2.5, you got 30 days, you're over five, you've got 31 days, you're over, you're, you're at 10, right? So you're five ten. And so the way that our, what we have compounds when we actually continue with it, when we go in there and we say, I'm, I'm going rogue on this one, I'm just going in, I know everyone and everything says no, but I feel it that consistency of trusting in ourselves and building that it does. It's miraculous. I love how it does go back to trust. And I wouldn't have put them together. And yet that's a whole other episode just on trust and trust yourself. Gosh, yes. Yeah. I'm always on about trust because I think it's really funny. We trust almost all of what's occurring within and outside of us, we have to for our survival. Mm-hmm. I'll joke that we don't, you know, we're not creating a five-year plan for the trillions of biochemical reactions that are occurring in our body this very second. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, we're not fretting at night, whether the sun's going to come up in the morning, we just assume it's a very powerful word. We assume that it will. When we step into that assumption of that trust of like, I assume that this is all working out for me. I assume that, you know, as Oprah says, it's all rigged in my favor. I assume that I make that assumption. I go about my day. Okay. What's in front of me? What's happening? I deal with that or I enjoy that. And then I, then the the next happening, what's the next happening? Okay. I'm going to enjoy this too. When we live in that kind of trust, 
Oh, goodness. That is where the title of the book, Be Confident, Be Happy. That's it. It's right there. And we do have it available. So we use it for 99.9999 some percent. It's just that 0.00001, whatever that we feel that we have to control. You know, we feel like, oh, I have to control the relationship. I have to control this job. I have to control this thing. And the absurdity of it is so extreme that mm-hmm. when you examine it, even for a little bit, you will just crack up because it's the silliest thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. And to think that we're that powerful. Oh, yeah. I love that. And and believe me, we're, you know, a lot of people truly believe, well, I want it this way. Hmm. Yeah, no, sorry. It's another person and you can't control them. Right. Here's what you can control, your reaction. Mm-hmm. You can control your reaction. That's what you get. Good luck. Never mm-hmm. quite going to happen that way. I just want to be really respectful of your time. I was like biting at the bit all day to speak with you and and just to learn more about. And as we're looking uh, to close out a year and to start anew and, and people are going to hopefully re-examine and give themselves a lot of credit for a lot that they've achieved, even though a lot of times we forget because it is over a year's time. But It's also a time of reflection. It's a great time to put some new ideas in place of plans, aspirations. What advice do you have? Do you take time to reflect and, you know, celebrate the win and then build off of that? I believe that that's a kind of daily practice of connecting to the things that surprised me, that delighted Mm. me, that I'm super grateful for the people, the circumstances, it could be the tiniest thing. And I put a lot of my attention into that. And I think that it's not a one-off end of the year, beginning of the year kind of thing. It is the compound effect. Here we go. Putting your, okay. Yeah. Putting your attention, your focus, your love into these things that, yeah, that are inspiring your own evolution. I feel like, again, the whole planning and all that stuff, fine. And it's even more fun when we start to let that go. We still, that doesn't mean we don't have a direction, you know, without a vision to perish, but it means that we have a direction and we're very soft around it. And we're just like, wow, what's going to come up today? I mean, most of the days I wake up and I mean, now I'm halfway across the world from where I normally am, but I always just wake up and I'm like, wow, there's some things on the schedule I know, but I don't know. And I have no idea how they're going to go. And I don't know. I'm about to meet this amazing woman who I obviously also had a girl crush on online. And now I get to talk to her and, and, but I don't know. I have no idea where any of it's Mm going to go. And it's just so, such a relaxed, better place to live. And if anyone listening can sort of just dip into that more and more, you're going to see that um, it's been there the whole time, like we said. The whole time. And it's fun. It is. Fun. I, You know, you hear it. It's just it's spilling from every word that's leaving your mouth is fun. But thank you for the compound interest. I love that. And to keep it in mind. It's not a one-off. Like, oh, that was a fun day yesterday, wasn't it? Every day can be when it starts. Sometimes it might get derailed. I get it. And then just, I know for me, I'm good on quiet time. I'm being like, let me just get a little quiet here and regroup. I don't want to be on this track. I don't know how I got here, but I'm going to turn right off this highway and get back to where I was heading toward. All right. Tell us about the book again. It's give yourself permission. 
And the outline for this book came as a kind of a download. So every chapter was give yourself permission to change your mind or to do what you love and make a lot of money doing what you love. And these chapters just came as a very clear outline. And then each one, it sort of starts in a very linear way, which again, comes maybe from my own background or just kind of the way I was in uh, Mm -hmm. business. But then it moves into a very non-linear place. And I think of that as that compounding power that steps in. So it's funny because it actually also stepped in in the book, which I was, it was wholly unexpected. I was thinking it was more kind of in that clear way, but it's still very clear. A lot of people read it and say, oh gosh, you could read it in half a day or you could read it over and over for the next five years. Right. Oh, yeah, we've had uh, hundreds of five-star reviews, lots of people writing in to say that it's really changed their life and their relationship with wealth, with their bodies, because there's a lot in there too about how to start shifting your consciousness and how that actually impacts your physical. Yeah, it can, it's, it's an easy digest, but it's also, oh, I'm going to go back. If you find something that's resonant, I think in any book, if you find something that's resonant, it's, it's more powerful to like go back until it becomes, your own. it becomes your own. Because that's the other thing I'm always saying, like, I don't have your answers, but you do. And I I hope all my work points back to you, points back to you as the answer. So that's the book in a nutshell. And then where do you hang out? Where can we find you online, socials? Where are you? So my name is Courtney without a U. So it's C-O-R-T-N-E-Y. And then McDermott is the last name, M-C-D-E-R-M-O-T-T. It's a really long name. But that's my handle on places like Instagram and LinkedIn and pretty active on those two. And then my website is Court Inc. C-O-R-T-I-N-C. I love that. Love. That's the short URL. We also have yeah. Courtney McDermott, but it's like, it always misspells. It puts a U in there. So it's Court Inc. And a lot of our international business stuff is done through that Court Inc. So People can find me there and connect with me or my team. And I love to hear from people. I especially love these stories. We've gotten the most incredible stories from people all around the world. So I just love it. I love it. I try to personally respond to most of them. So I love that you put this out. I love that the reminder of permission and trust is huge and all the wonderful places it could lead. And the compound interest, ooh, ooh, I love that one. Have a wonderful holiday season. Thank you. Thank you. It has been such a pleasure to meet and connect with you. Thank you. Thank you, Stephanie. And thank everyone who listened. I applaud everyone who who is in this for learning how to like themselves. So thank you so Indeed. much. Because we're worth it. Yes, we are. Okay, so five-star review is all I'm going to say. Comments, joyfoundhere.com. And I can't wait to read all of them. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Did I mention that we're like at 11,000 downloads, crazy numbers, and wouldn't be anywhere without your constant support and listening every week. So appreciated. Until next week, be well. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already done so, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. 
Don't forget to head over to joyfoundhere.com for any questions, comments, and feedback. Until next week, keep your head up and your crown straight. You've got this.